0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 22nd of February, 2021. It is a Monday morning, a start to a week, and I'm looking at this week as to just tackle things, knock things out, get them out of our way. Because for whatever reason, the hardest things to do are the easiest to justify not doing them it is just amazing how long I can go when there's something that I have to do that I know is going to take a lot of time and I keep thinking let me do this and let me do that first and and days go by months go by and you're like god I just got to sit down and do it and then that one day comes where you face it and you do it and you're like wow why didn't I Do that sooner. That did not take me a long time. I was not feeling stressed while I was doing it, but why did I put it off? And a lot of times we keep ourselves going by putting those hard things off, yet we don't realize what is behind those hard things. Because once you do them, everything does feel easier. But what is up with that? What is the truth behind putting those things off? And a lot of times, there's things we can't put off. We can't put off a breakup. We can't put off a changing friendship. We can't put off what we look at as failures or a divorce or losing a job or getting older or getting injured. We cannot put those things off. So what happens to us? is that we become this response team to anything that happens that day. We're like, well, I can't do it because look what happened. And there are great excuses. they are great reasons. Yet somewhere in us, how do we build in just a framework for us to take care of everything? Because the truth is, is that every day something is going to happen. I have a friend who I told you guys about her last week, whose boyfriend, in big fat quotes, turned out to have a couple girlfriends, and she was one of them. And she found out on Facebook on Valentine's Day. So the the poop hit the fan. But we did something different Normally she falls apart, the whole world falls with her, she secludes herself, she goes away, she doesn't want to hit, talk to anyone, she wants to wait till she can breathe again, she almost can't breathe, she feels like she's going to die, she might feel like she wants to die. I mean, this whole gamut of emotions, because it's hard to face others when we're going through something that hard for some of us. And for some of us, we need others. We talk it out and we, you know, keep going over it and how could this have happened and and all of that. But she wasn't one of those people. So the hardest thing for her to do was to face it in the moment. And I have to tell you guys what happened. So all week that day, it was just shock. It was just pure shock. We couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe it. Inside, in the very beginning of their relationship, I got to keep using those air quotes. (laughs) No one can see me and my hands go up in the air because it wasn't a relationship the way we might think it was. It was an illusion of a relationship. I told her. There was something on his Facebook, and she told me to look at it so I'd know who he was and all of this stuff and This was, I don't know, almost a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I looked, and there was a comment about his wife, and it wasn't kind. And I said to her, if someone can say this in public as though it's nothing, imagine what gets said in private if they did not think that this was off kilter. And I just stood by that. And then there was a time where she wasn't going to, see him anymore talk to him anymore it was a long distance relationship she wasn't going to be involved and i said good because i did not trust him in a relationship with you there you have it so now all of a sudden my words from last year were popping up in my head but i never felt like i needed to say a big fat i told you so she was she was in love with him And when you're in love with someone, people can tell you whatever they want. You are not going to do anything except maybe get mad at them or not tell them anything anymore. But we talk almost every day. And so I said, as long as you love him, I will support you in that relationship. I know what that's like to be there. It's not an easy place to be. It was super hard for me to not just come in and try to say, well, you're so better off without him or anything like that once the stuff hit the fan. But what happened? She faced it each day. Like I remember just two days later, you know, she FaceTimed me, and she couldn't even talk. She was crying so hard she couldn't talk, and she just kept saying, I just don't know how to do this. This is such a shock. I just don't know how to do this. But I keep hearing what you said. Leave a relationship with the love you walked in with. And that kept her going. And you know me, I always say, well, I I actually didn't say that. Christ said that. That's why it's so cool. It's not mine. And it became yours. Look at what you're doing with it. So she didn't fight back. She didn't go after the girl. She understood that the other person didn't know like she didn't know. And she felt bad that that girl, even though she may have won the guy, what did she win? The hardest thing for her to do was to not do anything to hurt him further because he's obviously broken enough to where he can split himself into two different, completely different relationships with two girls that looked like they could be sisters. Kind of, really kind of spooky. But her relationship was more of a virtual, and the other one was more physical, in front of, because they live in two different states. So what happened? The coolest thing happened. By Friday of last week, now granted, this happened on Valentine's Day I I just said to her I am exhausted your breakup <laughs> has exhausted me and she goes it exhausted all of my friends except for me She's like Nadia I feel like it happened a year ago I feel like I went through a year of emotions in this week and I'm fine isn't that so cool that you feel good? I said. I want you to think back because it was a while ago <laughs> to a last breakup that she had had, and even though it was amicable on the way out, it still hurt her a lot. It took her a long time to get through. She kept kind of having these visions of getting back and and doing those kinds of things. For a long time. Anytime he'd call. She would take the call. Even if she was working. Just to let him know she'd call him back. And it went on. But she finally learned. That them is them. And she's herself. Because she did the hardest thing. That she never thought she could do. And that was to face the issue. In the moment. That's the only way to face anything hard, whether you keep putting off job interviews because you hate the interview process, putting off a divorce that you know is coming, or a breakup, or you keep putting off talking to the person you are interested in, whether your friendship with someone, you could feel it winding down, that and and it's not because they're bad just that you feel like, wow, why doesn't this have the same energy it had before? And it's because maybe, you know, one of the two of you changed so much that you no longer have what you had in common. So time spent is less and less over time. So how do we actually work with ourselves by doing easy things that will lead us to these hard things? Because, like I was saying, you know, you can't plan a breakup, especially if you're not the one, in in this case, nobody knew it was coming. It just got caught right in the center of it, in the center of that big lie. But you have to face it. Like Christ always says, and I know it sounds so gimmicky, but face it and erase it. But face it and erase it. And by erase, all it means is it doesn't take up space in your mind, in your heart, in your body, in your soul, because the body doesn't lie. The body kind of warns you beforehand. You get that feeling in your stomach like this is going away, and, and yet you're like, nah. And then they text you and you think, oh, great, they're still there. But nothing feels the same. So what are the easiest things we can do that help us get to the harder things, that give us the space to think about what we will face, how we will face it, why we will face it? So the easiest things to do are to do five-minute phone calls with friends and people you love, your parents, your children if they're older, Just a five-minute call. Hey, how are you? Just checking in, reaching out. Maybe we could see each other at the end of the week. Now with COVID, that's kind of off the table unless you go for a walk. But you can find something. But just a five-minute call. Those short calls, not those long ones where you're on forever, but those short calls are one of those energy exchanges that remind you of love in action. Just calling your parents and saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you? I love that you guys are my parents. Or I hope you have a good day. I have to go, but I was thinking of you and I just wanted to hear your voice. Done. You don't have to get into all the minutia and all the stuff that you feel is wrong. But just to stay up on that high note where we rise. And they rise. Who have you ever called to ask about that was upset that you called and asked about them? Probably nobody. Nobody. So the energy lifts both of you. The other easiest thing to do that helps us kind of get to the hard stuff is to declutter your space. Space on the outside gives you space on the inside. It's not a mistake. It's kind of cool that the outside reflects the inside. So many times I used to wonder why someone was the way they were And once I walked into a bedroom with clothes in a corner piled up to mid-wall, and I'm like, what's up with that? Oh, well, as soon as I finish that pile, I'm going to start looking for a job. I said, well, how long has that pile been there? It was there for months. And I am sure I traveled back to California and it was there for a few more months. That's when Christ taught me that cleaning organizes the mind. So while you're decluttering, that big hard thing you have over here hanging over your head, how are you going to do it? How are you going to sign up to go back to school? How are you going to sign up for that dance class? How are you going to do what you think you want to do? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, wow, all I have to do is start. All I have to do is get online and look and see where that is. All I have to do is get a box. Let me tape up a box and put it in the room. And even though you may not touch that box for a few days, it's there and in your brain, you already started. The other thing to do that helps you get to the hard stuff, to face your challenges, because all of these are like, you know, when we have the building block story and and origins of truth, is to only complain when you can offer a solution to the problem. Sometimes we complain to someone and then we say, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it too? What do you think you can do? Who of us really wants what we do to be in somebody else's hands? That they either pat you on the head, pat you on the back. Those things are the the icing on the cake. Bake the cake. That's you. So only complain to another person when you have a solution. Like, I really don't like the way this worked out. Now it doesn't even sound like that whiny complaining and then you just sit there helpless. But it makes you sound like you want to feel like you are empowered. And it helps you feel that way. And then you say, but, you know what, I was thinking that if we try it this way, what do you think of how I'm thinking that we try it? Now you're asking for an opinion and help and advice rather than dumping it on the person and now adding one more thing to their plate. They don't know where to fit it in. They may not give it the same love that you need because you're the one with the complaint. Even if it's something in a relationship where your partner keeps never taking out the trash and it piles up and then you finally get so mad that you take it out. And you can say instead of, you never take out the trash and you're mad. You say, I have noticed that you don't have time to take out the trash at the end of the day. Do you think if we put it out in the early morning that you you have more energy and you're more likely to take it out? Or do you want me to take it out and maybe you do something else? And then they, they can answer that. But if you look at them with that complaint and say, you never take out the trash, they're going to say, well, you never fill in the blank. And then there you go. Offering a solution to a problem turns the energy around from one of those whiny complaints to constructive, noticing your environment, constructive awareness. There's another super easy thing to do that can help us face our hardest things. And it's the easiest thing to do on one side and the hardest thing to do on the other. A lot of us are super uncomfortable when we're uncomfortable, right? Especially if it involves other people. But if you can look the person that you're talking to in the eye when you speak, if you're lucky enough to, Do it in person and not over the phone. But you look them in the eye when you speak. A lot of understanding happens. And even though the words may have been forgotten, the way the two of you locked in, understood, went forward. Just you doing that, it almost heals us to lock in like that. The eyes are the only parts of our bodies that we don't change and can't change. I mean, they may see differently at different times, but they are that window to our soul. Our lies can our eyes. I was going to say our lies. Our lies can't lie, but our eyes can't lie, even when we are lying with our mouth our eyes are telling the other person, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. So when you lock in, when you are speaking, even if it's just a moment, that moment of locking in is so powerful because it gives you like the essence of a commitment from that other person. That's why when people who are lying can look at anything but you. They can look at anything but you. And that's why you know they're not telling the truth. Because they are looking at anything but you. And you miss that lock-in, that interaction, because now... Anything harder than that, you're not going to get to because something inside of you feels like it's unstable, like something's wrong. Super interesting. How important. Keeping ourselves close to the people we are choosing to interact with. Looking someone in the eye when we speak bonds us in a way that no words can. If you were to walk into a country where neither of you spoke the same language, looking someone in the eye is speaking a language. It's a connecting language that we never forget. That's one of the most powerful things we can do. And right behind that is that self-kindness. Being kind to ourselves, which is something that we think, Why do, as long as it looks like I'm being kind to others, that's all that's important. But when you are kind to yourself, when you treat yourself like you are a person worth treating well, you will naturally do it with other people. You will not have to try to be kind to anybody because you already know the value of being kind. So what does that look like? How does that carry? How does that get you to doing the hardest things that are hard to do? Well, now you're going to attempt whatever it is that's hard and you don't say, well, I'm going to be self-kind to do this. You're going to just do it in a, in a fruitful way, in a positive way, where your energy is moving you forward. So you don't see a downside. You don't say, well, if I do it and I fail, I'm really going to be upset. You say, hey, if this doesn't work, I'm going to try it again another way. All I would have found out was that this didn't work. That's what kindness sounds like. It's not like you're overly like, oh, you poor thing, or, oh, I really love you, self, or, hey, it's okay. That fighter feeling. It's more just a propelling feeling. That no matter what you do, no matter what you try, it's a try. Try. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, let's find out how we're going to make it work. These are some of the easiest things to do in life if we are just aware of doing them. And when we get these things, like, implanted into who we are, you know, doing five-minute phone calls to friends and, and saying, hey, how are you? Just thought of you today. Decluttering your space. Complaining with a solution. It it doesn't even warrant the word complaint anymore. It's like, okay, hit a hiccup. This is what I think. Looking people in the eye. Being kind to yourself. There's a a few other things you can do that help you get to the harder stuff that day. Do a five-minute cleanup. Just walk in. Whatever's trash put in the trash. Whatever needs to be in the fridge put in the fridge. Whatever needs to be in the sink put in the sink. Whatever needs to go back in the cupboard put in the cupboard. You know it sounds silly. But it is that easy and it does take only about 5 minutes. But if you walk into that same kitchen and walk by all that stuff, you're going to feel like you have to get to that before you can get to anything else. And then you don't get to that all day when it would have only taken you five minutes, sometimes even less. all these 5 minute things. Did you notice that they're timed in a short span? But the return on investment for those 5 minutes, whether it's cleaning your kitchen or making phone calls and telling people you're thinking about them. Why is that so important? Because it's something you start and something you finish. So in your brain, Your brain is going, wow, I started this and I finished. And then I started that and I finished that. Then I I finished that. And you start adding up all these things you've done for the day. And then how do you feel? You feel like you're powerful. You're ready to try something new. You're ready to break a sweat on the stuff that's harder to do. And before you sleep that night, you'll go to yourself... Little language like this. Well, tomorrow I'm going to take this on. Tomorrow this is what I'll do. Because I already got this stuff out of the way. And some of it is repeat stuff. Like a kitchen. That's constant all day long. One person walks in the kitchen and there it all goes. But then you start teaching your family members that five-minute trick. Maybe you have a five-minute conversation with them too. The hardest things to do are hard to do because we don't do the easy stuff. And when we do the easy stuff, the hard stuff is a natural thing for us to do. You guys, my time is up. Have a great Monday. I will see you tomorrow morning. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, Visit www.nadiakhalil.com.